Hello and welcome to the season one wrap up and retrospective. Today, you have the pleasure of just myself, and I'm here to, yeah, just just take a look back at the last oh six months maybe. Um, that sounds like a long time. Well, 25 episodes at least, and yeah, just take a little look back, answer a few of your questions, have a think about where I've come and and what the future holds. So, firstly, I just wanted to thank all of my listeners. So we're a pretty uh, tight community right now. And, you know, every time I go on to my distribution platform and I take a look at the numbers almost just by accident at this point, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a weird feeling. I can't even describe it. It's like, Hey, there's, you know, there's people out there that like what you're doing, (laughs) which sounds weird. But I think over the past year and so there's been a lot of self-doubt uh a lot of instances of you know lack of self-confidence so this is a this is a sincere thank you from the bottom of my heart to all my listeners you make it worth doing you make you've given my life another a lot of purpose so i do really appreciate every minute that my my episodes are listened to now the podcast itself would be nothing without the guests, and man, I I am just so incredibly lucky with the people that have agreed to join me on this little passion project of mine. It's wild. I took a bit of a gambit on the format, you know, having a different guest each week. I'm, I'm lucky that I've got some supportive friends that got me through the first couple of episodes when I'm just, you know, <laughs> just download doing a thing. But I wanted to take some time to basically go through all the guests and I'm just going to rattle them off. But they each one have really helped me on this journey and everyone has been special and everyone has been unique and I've learned something new from every guest I've had on. And boy, have we had a lot of different guests and, you know, backgrounds and histories and experience and it's, it's just been wild. So... Without any further ado, here we go. We've got Rob McPherson, thank you. Jack, Ian L, Kareem, aka Fever Dream Studios, Howie from Blue Collar DM, Simon, good friend Simon, Jamie times two, a DM confidant, Manny from Growed Up Geek, Nathan the Briggsy, check him out on Twitch, uh, Foolish Swami DM, who I met on Instagram. That was a really, really fun time. Tim, who is also now streaming on Twitch, check out his guitar. Kyle Wagner-Totti, aka Mr. Bakidan, that interesting episode, very fun, educational for me. Mike the Hipster, that was nice to have a British guy on that I didn't know, so that was, that was lots of fun. We had Christian from My Sound Delve app, which was, again, a very interesting piece to, to see it from a completely different way of playing the game. Uh, another UK guy, we had Phil. Uh, the world builder archetypes with adam gumby tabletop journeys how could i forget my guys josh and lee Winika. my first episode with more than one guest uh scary i think <laughs> but turned out bloody fantastic so i'm very happy with that uh we've got uh, eos Reconto. we have the whole uh, i've done it again we <laughs> we had most of the cast of no small roles uh which was exceptionally intimidating but insanely enjoyable again uh we've got sean go games 
Nominath, a guy called Andrew, very, very interesting episode. Scott, optional rule, again, a fantastic episode all about player agency. Bart Wynance, aka cryptographer, super useful, super interesting talk all about fudging dice rolls. And then finally, closing out the episode, we had Cal, uh, aka the Baron. So I just wanted to thank everybody, all 24 of you, for joining me on this journey. And there's a special place in my heart for the first three. Uh, so that's Kareem, Fever Dream Studios, Howie from Blue Collar DM, and Manny from Growed Up Geek. The, 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 those were the three people who I didn't originally know or didn't, didn't already know in my life. And they were the first three strangers in quotes and it really means a lot to me that they, they were willing to take that risk and take that chance on just going on some random British dudes podcast and it's the confidence I gained through those early episodes with those guys that have enabled me to keep going and to meet all these other wonderful new people so special place in my heart as I said so yeah it's it's just been this really wild ride I, I went in completely cold with literally just this pipe dream idea of wouldn't it be cool if I did a podcast where I talked about a single word or topic and discussed it with different people every episode and that was it I pretty much just dived straight in set up an account started thinking about topics reached out to a couple of my friends and players and then made it made a twitter and that was it I'd never really thought that much far ahead and it's one of those you know hindsight is 2020 kind of things and looking back now it's just like wow that's that's bonkers i think i think one of the things i'm 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 probably most proud of is keeping this velocity of an episode every week the first episode released on a thursday but since then everything else is released at 1 p.m on a friday give or take a few late episodes but hey life gets in the way sometimes I mean, again, I say I'm proud, but that is partly in thanks to the guests that I've had and who've been willing to spend that time with me and, and sometimes short notice to to join me on this journey. But yeah, it's just been so exciting, interesting, busy. Uh, <laughs> but there's 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 something I get a I get a a very unique sense of excitement when I sit down on Discord to chat to a guest who I have had sometimes very little interaction with up until that point and only you know we, we, we've agreed a topic we've agreed a time and a date and then I'm like right once more let's go and every time I have a, a little bit of apprehension and every time that has been misplaced because people have just been so friendly and supportive and it's been a way to meet a lot of new people that I've probably met the most new people in the last five months than I've met in the last <laughs> like three years so yes it's a very interesting time and I think one of the one of the bigger things I've realized is obviously you know there's many different ways to play but I'm in a, I'm in a quite a unique position here where I'm speaking to you know at the time of recording this I've recorded maybe 30 episodes in total and that's a, that's a getting to be like a decent sized data set for people's experiences with their games and how they play their games. So I've had people that, oh, we only play twice a year. We play for three days in the summer and then three days in the winter, and we, we go and we have a holiday somewhere. And that and that is so out of this world to me. I'm like, nope. We play it every two weeks on a Tuesday at seven p.m. 
and that's <laughs> that's the routine and you know it's it's eye opening it's it's enriched me like i i have a have a, a greater empathy now and a, and a greater understanding of how people approach D&D and TTRPGs from from all across the world we've had plenty from the United States both central eastern and western uh, a couple of canadians uh, a couple of Europeans, a couple of uh, British guys, um, recording with a couple of uh, Australians at some point. And to get that breadth of knowledge is, I'm very honoured and flattered. It's it's very interesting. I have to say, you know, how the, how the people approach DMing, how the people approach playing, how that changes your game when you're only playing every six months or, you know, they, and a lot, a lot of people play with strangers, whereas that's something I've, I've never done, ever I've only ever played with people I at least have some kind of pre-existing relationship with. And again, that's, that's sounds very alien to me, but in reality, it's, it's something a lot of people do all the time. And again, that's such a big difference there to how the game is played, the kind of concessions you have to make, both as a player and a DM. So that's something I never really thought of. And it's, it's when you start to appreciate those differences, those nuances, that it can just enrich your journey at the table and of course you know here's me dming my my homebrew campaign with a bunch of friends and that's it it doesn't extend past the table it's the seven of us and it's goofy and it's stupid and it's fun and there's no responsibility other than the regular dm and player responsibilities and then i i, I compare that to say no small roles or uh, another actual player i've recorded with that's due for later on that it's it's tricky it's like a completely it's completely different but also exactly the same at the same time <laughs> which probably makes very little sense to anyone other than me but it is just those tricky little nuances that i just never appreciated other than like i oh, sit down and have a goof around with my friends for four hours cool no there's there's like a whole thing it's a business and and so on and so on so it's been quite the journey and I've been exceptionally lucky to meet so many interesting people and uh, apparently will continue to do so and it seems no sign of stopping. So obviously a lot has also changed in the 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 D&D sphere I suppose is is one way to put it. I think in one of the episodes we talked about how D&D is this kind of evergreen thing and players and DMs there's no plateau you just keep learning you just keep evolving and refining how you approach those activities it never ends and you know selfishly one reason i did this was to (laughs) was to speed up that process a little bit and to learn those tricks and tips and and other approaches people have to help round me out as a a player in a dm and i like to think it's it's done that and i also like to think it's helped other people so yeah, it's, it's it's one of these things that just keeps going. And I think I've been, again, lucky that obviously Wizards themselves have put out some additional content since starting the, the podcast. So it was quite an interesting time when Tasha's Cauldron of Everything came out. I've very much dived into, into that and how that has kind of impacted the space. It's probably more than I've really had time to appreciate and probably deserving of its own episode at some point the whole kind of custom lineage custom race aspect that i've actually used for like a a a four shot 
I'm playing in a, a custom race, which, you know, b- before Tasha's came out, I was very much like, eh, there's like a million races, that's that's fine. But then <laughs> literally the next character I make immediately makes use of it. And I changed my tune overnight almost to be like, oh yeah, that's super handy. And yeah, that's I, I could definitely make use of that. So yeah, there, there, there's been that. Um, we've also had like Ravenloft and, and Curse of Strahd has been kind of revamped and re-released. But as regular listeners will know, I'm not a, a super keen fan on published modules. So probably not something I'm going to experience, but definitely something I should probably just have to find the right dm i have to say and then i would i probably would like to play cursor strat so if anyone's listening there you go consider that a job application a job opening for you guys uh, <laughs> it's just yeah as I said, it's just this ongoing experience and part of that is so as I, as I mentioned earlier i had this this grand idea i was like hey why don't i just have a, a bunch of topics here's his 10 i can think of off the top of my head that sounds like a great idea don't know you should go ahead and do it cool i will Exactly. And I did. And my list of unallocated topics has really expanded and contracted extremely over the <laughs> over the past five months. Uh, as obviously pe- people have people have snapped them up and, and taken them and then I've gone down to like, oh, I actually don't have any more topics to talk about. But then I'll have a flash of inspiration and suddenly that will balloon out again. Um, again, often with support from from others and from friends and stuff and somehow don't don't ask me somehow i've managed to keep it going up as i said up until like 35 40 episodes Uh, i'm looking at my list now oh gosh it's probably nearer 50 if i'm being completely frank of of topics which again had you said that to me at the beginning i probably wouldn't have realized you know appreciated how this this structure of this podcast was as equally limiting as it is freeing so that the whole purpose was like I, I want the topics to be this kind of ambiguous Ooh, how how what does that mean to me within the D framework and you hear at the beginning of most episodes i'm like yep definitely didn't think of it in that way and that that's i love that that's that's precisely why i'm doing it and i hope that the the listeners you guys also find it just as enjoyable to have that oh wow yeah that is an interesting way to approach that topic um but likewise obviously limiting it to a single word uh and i like (laughs) i've never considered myself a creator or an artist yes i I do my homebrew campaign but it's a very different thing it's obviously a lot more fluid and i never really considered myself precious but when it's come to this podcast i am very much like I, i've talked to prospective guests in the past and, and some of them have, have suggested oh what about this topic which is like player interaction for sake of example and i'm like that is fantastic but and let me just cock the gun so i can shoot myself in the foot and say i've kind of limited it to a single word <laughs> and like we've had to i think you know thanks to that guest at that point we, we kind of worked together to to get to a single word but it was i have to put my hands up and say that was a bit of a contrivance it was a bit of a like oh we've had to take in a little step maybe too far there just to bend it into the structure of the show so i'm i am a little bit anxious that one day i am literally going to be just running on fumes or i'm just going to be having so contrived topics that it's almost pointless at that point but thankfully we are not there yet that day may well come and at which point i might have to think about shaking it up a little bit or perhaps just starting again and, and going around the loop 
but with different guests in that slot. Something I honestly haven't thought about too much, but it is an ongoing background anxiety of mine every time a new guest wants to chat or has a, you know I'm, I'm talking to somebody about uh, arranging a time or a topic and they're like, oh, what, how, how do the topics work? And I'm like, do you know what? I've got three left. Um, maybe we should think of a new one because... <laughs> please please help um so again this is this is another call if anyone has any ideas for topics that we perhaps haven't covered yet or a different kind of approach to a a topic a synonym in some ways can be different enough that it encourages different perspectives please do let me know i'm you know just from the episodes we've had we've had some real kind of abstract some esoteric topics that are just like on on the face of it has no connection to D D. but you know where there's a will i'll, I'll certainly find a way so <laughs> it, it might even just get to the point where i've just got a dictionary and i'm just like right well aardvarks uh, what does that mean to you in the D framework and <laughs> i'm imagining we could probably we could probably make it work uh, <laughs> so moving on a little bit I've got a couple of, you know, you may have seen on Twitter and Instagram, I've done a couple of like episode snippets in the past. And unfortunately, due to time constraints, I haven't always had the opportunity to kind of push those out at the time needed to make them relevant to the episode. So what I wanted to do is, is dedicate a little bit of time now into sharing you guys some of those snippets that haven't quite made it out to the public. So for a starter for 10, we are actually lucky in that we have three snippets from optional rule scott who obviously if you've listened to the agency episode you would have you would have heard these already however they were they were such kind of you know flagship parts of that episode that i wanted to dedicate them a little bit more time as they haven't been released as official snippets and maybe kind of have a little retrospective on them as well so here's the first one where we've got scott from optional rule talking about agency within the framework of D and how the different elements of play affect player agency. Maybe even worth noting right out of the gate that in a game, as it relates to tabletop games, the DM dictates the options, the player uh, dictates the choices, so they exercise agency, and the dice dictate the outcome. So that's really the core. Agency is a core component of gameplay for a player in any tabletop role-playing game. I really thought that was a really distilled snippet of basically that whole episode right so you've got the dms that dictate the options the players dictate the choices they make but then the dice dictate the outcome because there's always that talk around agency of like well the dice are telling me what to do and why am i a master thief and then i roll a one and oh i can't pick that lock but it's the steps leading up to that point it isn't just the dice taking that agency away it's the steps leading up to that point and yeah, that was just a really nice distilled way that I've, I now always have rattling around in the back of my mind of like, here are your options. I lay them out for you guys as the DM. You can go left, you can go right, you can go up, down. There are some options that I haven't thought of, but they're no less viable. And the players go, okay, well, out of that, we'll, we'll go left. Okay, that's, that's their choice. They've made that. That's their agency. But perhaps going left then leads to a situation where they, they have to make a roll or perhaps step down that left path that there's the opportunity to do something 
right? That, that would ostensibly require a dice roll. Now, how well that happens is effectively down to the dice, but what's what's important is that the players have made that choice. They've essentially made a, a cognitive decision to, to go, I am going to do something which requires my character to roll a dice, a go, there's a chance of failure. Because as the old adage says, players should only ever be rolling dice if there's a chance of failure. You know, they should never roll dice or something trivial. And I just think that three kind of boom, 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 DM options, players, choices, dice's outcome is just a really nice distilled way of describing what happens. It's like a it's like an alternative approach to that three step feedback loop that the player's handbook says, you know, like the DM sets the scene, the players do something in the scene, and the DM describes the outcome. I think it's it's a lampshade hanging to a certain extent, which is good in this instance to say, well, no, that you know, the dice also <laughs> help dictate that outcome. Now we have a, another snippet, which is a bit self-congratulatory. Um, it is <laughs> predominantly me talking, but, well, we'll listen to it, and I'll explain why I've included it here in a moment. But this is from the same episode with Scott from Optional Rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And the result of having a world free of reactions or conditions is that actually the ironic thing is your agency means even less because there's nothing off the back of it. So it's actually kind of like a snake eating its own tail kind of thing. Ooh, that's a great point of view. Your agency means less if there are no consequences for your choices. So, yeah, there's a number of reasons why I particularly like that snippet. The first being is I am, as I said, quite proud that I managed to come up with that on the fly. Uh, (laughs) And the second is I've got a lot of time and and respect for Scott. So it was really quite flattering to hear him have such good feedback about that little uh, idea I had on the fly. But I think it speaks to my style as a DM that I'm, I'm really big on having consequences for your actions. One reason being... It shows that the players have agency. It reinforces that point that, hey, what you do here matters. These choices you're making matter because this thing is now happening. And that, to me, is super important. Like, the most important thing. More important than it is in, say, Mass Effect, something I keep going back to, because although, yes, you can pick the blue option or you can pick the red option, and if you hit pick the red option, you punch the guy out the window and he doesn't appear in a cutscene... 15 hours later okay great i don't even remember that decision 15 hours later who really cares other than i pick i want to pick the red options so on the face of it it's very similar it's giving the players choices but underneath it there's just so much more there so much more weight to it that it really really hits home for me And on to the final snippet. This is the third snippet from the acting episode with the cast of No Small Roles and the second of Daryl's Pearls of Wisdom, trademark. A really fun episode, really intimidating, as I said, but it it turned out really well. I'm really happy with it. And Daryl was just full of these kind of wholesome, insightful little comments. So I I really wanted to, to... Give this one a listen to again as, a, again, another good example of a prime takeaway from one of the episodes. Listen to what's being offered. Offer when there's opportunity to do so. Don't be afraid to take a risk. Be bold. No choice too small. Um, and 
and have fun and don't be embarrassed about expressing something that is uniquely yours, which everyone has. Um, loads of people will say like, oh, I can't act. I mean, like it, you can, it's not like a chosen magical ability that only a chosen few have. Like, like all of us here in the last four roles, we trained to learn how to act. We had some idea of what it was. Then we paid money, time and blood and tears to learn how to do it. And it's a skill that we can turn on and off, but everyone can do it. And it's just a matter of just giving it a go and, um, and trusting yourself that it's fine. It's safe. The world doesn't end if you, if you're not satisfied with what you bring, but you go to play D and D because you have something to bring and it's your chance to, give it so give it wow like how fantastic is that considering he was ad-libbing there it, there's just so many really really important messages in that you know half a minute discussion there around you know don't the saying goes you're often your own harshest critic and that's basically what Daryl's getting at there in one point in that like, don't set expectations too high. 999 players out of a thousand are not professional actors. They are not professional voice actors, myself included in that 999. And to have those kind of misaligned expectations can really be a detriment to your experience at the table. And it's, it's here's the kind of parallels I like to draw between seemingly unconnected episodes. We have that with acting with a group of you know theater and stage actors and a whole group of them doing a recorded podcast and here's the parallel with the episode on fudging dice rolls with bart in that it's freeing both not fudging dice and also kind of relinquishing yourself from any expectations it's just freeing it enables you to be who you want to be and play how you want to play without fear of repercussions and again I talk about it with Simon at the end of the, the happiness episode that everybody's at the table to have fun. That isn't rule one. That isn't rule zero. That isn't even a rule. That's that's just like the fundamental part of the game. I can't stress that enough. And I think once you really lock that in, then the rest falls into place. All right, so on to the penultimate part of today's show. We are going to do the Q&A and something I've been flattered that I've had a bunch of questions come in, some easier than others, but uh, full disclosure, I haven't planned the answers to these questions. I've been like, oh, that's an interesting question. I wonder how I'll answer that. And that's as far as it's gone. So most of these you're going to be having off the top of my head. Uh, so it should be quite an interesting experience, I am safe to say. <laughs> so there was one theme of question that was asked you know, four times, which was around how have I changed as a player and as a DM from what I've discussed on the podcast. So Kareem from Fever Dream Studios, he, he asked, you know, what have I changed my mind about from what a guest has said on the show? Rob McPherson asked via my Instagram, has any conversation I've had changed my mind or an approach to an aspect of D&D or DMing? And my sound delve, so uh, Christian Boucher asked, 
what magical moments during my episodes have, have lingered and impacted my GM style. So it's, it's, it's all, you know, it shares a theme and it's a difficult one to answer because it's impacted me in so many ways, but I think many of them are kind of imperceptible to me. Um, a lot of it has been a self-confidence thing. I've mentioned many times before around like, here's what I'm planning or here's what I've done. And the feedback has generally been favorable, which is always nice to hear, uh, despite how big my ego sometimes might appear to be. Uh, <laughs> I think probably the biggest, the biggest was to do with fudging dice. Now, I was already toying with the idea of rolling in the open for kind of trivial roles. Well, trivial is not the right word, kind of non-essential roles. But after reading Bart's treatise and having a discussion with him, there's there's more benefits than are immediately obvious. So that, that's probably one thing I want to lean into more and not just dice rolls, but also DCs and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And probably a second big takeaway was that, like, this is going to sound super stupid, but it's basically that my my game is okay. <laughs> There's always that worry, I think, a lot of DMs have knocking around in the back of the head that, like, oh gosh, my game sucks, my players hate it, uh, my players hate me, I'm a terrible DM. And yeah, through that, it's the way it's changed my aspect is it's made me relax more. You know, it's made the it's lessened that pressure on me. Again, that self-imposed pressure on me. So that is a pretty big deal, I think. Again, it it, it seems small, but it is actually huge. I think another thing to do with that is probably around homebrew. So before the podcast, I was very scared to do any homebrew. Those who listen will know that I am keen on kind of rules as written and the balance and the structure they provide is something that you should only mess with you know very you should only mess with it carefully but then since talking to a number of guests who are you know published authors on, on dms guild and doing all sorts of weird and wonderful things that they they output i'm a huge fan of i'm like hey this isn't actually I'm making a bigger deal of it than it is. So funny enough, since I've started the podcast, I've actually homebrewed. I mean, obviously the whole campaign is homebrewed, but doing a narrative is a bit different to here's a subclass that somebody has to pay attention to the numbers. It's, it's a bit different. But since then, I have homebrewed a feat, soft feat, as I'll call it, for my Warforged Druid, where he can, whenever he spends a long rest he'll get a benefit depending on the terrain. So it's like a stealth bonus or a constitution bonus, depending if it's like arid or tundra or wilderness and that, and that kind of stuff. So it's less of a big deal, I think. I'm still quite delicate with my thought process around it. I'm still quite precious with having to double, triple check that is this going to impact any balance down the line that I need to be acutely aware of, but it's not as scary a thing anymore and it's reassuring to have to have spoken to so many talented people that are just like oh yeah it's a piece of cake to make a subclass bish bash boss you do this and before i was like whoa that sounds like one of the most difficult things to do but in reality it isn't it's it's okay down low <laughs> you can do this and your game won't explode <laughs> my good friend simon who i mentioned joined me on the happiness episode 
He asked me, what's the creative thing I've made that I've been most proud of while DMing? And contrary to what I was just discussing, it isn't any of those homebrew items. Not yet. Still a lot of learning to do there. I think overall it's probably the scope of the campaign, which I know isn't for everybody. Heck, it's 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 barely for me. The, the complexity and the length is outstanding, which is putting it <laughs> favorably. But yeah, the, just, just this kind of... For, the, for those that don't know, I'm basically riffing off of Season 1 and, and Critical Role in that they have a number of powerful artifacts that they're after. And my intention has always been to make each one of those powerful artifacts, uh, the MacGuffin I'll call them, be like a self-contained chapter with a beginning and a middle and an end and everyone can put a nice little bow on it and say, wow, we, we've done that bit and that was a whole thing and we met a whole bunch of people and we defeated a boss or got an item and everybody's happy. Now what does the future hold for us? You know, wh- Where now do we want to go to? And each one of those is a, a mini campaign in its own right. So that I've, I've somehow produced a, an awful lot of content which my players are enjoying. So I think probably... That at a macro level is the thing I'm just most proud of, this this huge campaign. And then at a more micro level, it's it's probably the NPCs. There's always a bit of a fear, I think, around NPCs. You know, you hear a lot of stories around people saying, Oh god, I've got to make a town and how many NPCs do I make? And do I do this and do I have do I have to make five hundred NPCs and this, that and the other? And I'm quite proud of myself that I've managed to strike that balance relatively well with not too much upfront prep that it's a full-time day job and then combine that with a decent level of improvisation to come out the other side with a number of characters and I have started keeping a a credits list (laughs) that I will run through at the end of the campaign that is now five pages long of basically every named NPC they've met in the three chapters they've gone through and every so often I look at that and just be like, wow, Dan Lowe, like fair play. That's a decent job. And sometimes I'm juggling, you know, three, four, five of those in a single session that could be radically different people uh, and individuals and beholder crime kingpins versus academic scholarly headmistresses of schools in the same session is just like, okay, no, fair play, mate. You've, you've done a decent job there at, introducing a number of interesting characters that five times out of ten the players remember (laughs) now manny aka growed up geek asks me when am i going to have that charming dungeon master on again who talked about how he would use his players feelings to wreck them emotionally he was great and charming now the only really great and charming person i can think that's on the show is of course me so Lucky for you, Manny, I'm on every episode. <laughs> but, of course, uh, having repeat guests such as Manny on again is something I've, I've I've done in the past and I'm probably going to look more to going forward when, once there's been enough time between guests to come back and just have like a really fresh, a refreshed sitting. You know, enough's happened in both of our lives that we've got a bit more stuff to talk about. So, absolutely Manny will be on again and we can talk about new ways to mess with the players (laughs) so my guys tabletop journeys asked 
the <laughs> taboo question of what was my favorite episode and that is like asking me to pick my favorite player of course which i don't have wink um so uh, <laughs> so i won't i don't i don't really have a favorite episode as i've mentioned previously like everyone is i mean excuse me of course the one with Tabletop Journeys about space was my favourite, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. But putting them to one side for a moment, um, I, I, you know, I don't really have any any favourites. As I've said, they each one has taught me something new. Each one is unique, like perfectly unique is the only way I can say it. I've, I've, I feel like somehow I've, I've struck a, a really good a bottled lightning of kind of that semi-improv semi-directed with a completely new person every week has just allowed for really diverse takes and really diverse approaches to topics so 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 i don't have any favorites obviously there are no favorites what i will say is some have been more impactful than others so certainly space with tabletop journeys was a, a big milestone for me it was my first episode with uh, more than one guest you know and, and obviously the the two guests josh and lee winika have a the strong and long pre-existing relationship so it was a it was a very anxious but exciting experience then and then that ratcheted up again with acting with with no small roles with five guests on at once which was again a, a bit uh, intimidating for me to be sitting <laughs> you know here at home in my office talking to five others again these are <laughs> these are professional actors so again it was it was quite a a learning experience for me and then probably the 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 other big big milestone one was design episode four with fever dream studios because that was as i mentioned a hundred times before the first episode with a quote-unquote stranger who thankfully is is no longer a stranger but at the time he was and that was a bit like Am I really doing this? Am I really calling some quote-unquote random dude from <laughs> from Canada to chat about D&D? I, I guess I am. All right, here goes nothing. Uh, so, <laughs> there's, you know, those have been probably the big, big milestones for me. Just from purely a learning perspective and, and, and an experience perspective for me. A couple of players from my campaign submitted a number of questions uh, so we'll start with matt who plays theron the total sorcerer and his first question was do i find it difficult to separate Danlo from the dm or do i allow them to mix which i think is a really interesting question there's it's there's a lot there than i initially realized because you start getting into the nitty-gritty of like is the dm like a different psyche of who i am as a human being are they one and the same do, do i let you know I, I don't i think you can't help but let your personality and your preconceptions and your assumptions color you as a dm that, that i think that is that the two are intrinsically linked which i think is to the benefit of the game it makes it interesting it makes it varied it makes it exciting no two dms are the same everyone has their own flavor and spin on it so what i mean by that is absolutely i allow them to mix that's one of the ways i find the game fun is by injecting a little bit of myself into the universe alongside the players do i find it difficult to separate them sometimes yes and it's something that i continue to work on and continue to 
better myself at probably earlier on in the campaign there was more instances of like Danilo wants them to do this so let me make this NPC frustrated at them for not doing that which I am trying to separate but then conversely they've actually done more things to piss off NPCs so it's <laughs> it doesn't it might not feel like there's been any changes whatsoever to the players but there, there has it's just that sense of frustration is coming from a different location now but I think I think you have you have to mix the two because ultimately the NPCs for but like it or not for better or for worse are the mouthpiece of the DM yes they're playing a character that has their own wants needs and, and desires but those characters are there to serve a purpose in a particular setting both of those things the DM has essentially set up now it might be an improv NPC that is a fly by night a couple of sentences and they're gone but they're still serving a purpose they're still either coloring the universe they might not have anything critical to the plot to say it might just be oh no, i don't know what you're talking about mate do one that 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 colors that setting it colors that scene it, it gives flavor to the world and even that short sentence the dm is putting their personality through and saying hey this guy doesn't like talking to you because then you've still got threads at the back. Like, why? What's he up to? Why does he not care? Is he busy? Why is he busy? I I'm, I'm guess I'm saying there's a responsibility on the DM to be very cognizant that they are a DM and that every interaction they have with the players is important. So you have to know that as a human being to realise the impact you might have as the characters you're portraying. So yes, I mix it, and I think overall that's to the benefit of the game. So, so usually I would say I, I, any any given NPC is usually say like 80-20 NPC slash DM. So that the, what I mean by that is like it's an NPC in isolation, but there's a little, there's 20% of what that NPC is doing is, is kind of me communicating through that NPC. Now, sometimes that scale shifts to be more like 50 50 if i'm being like guys you, you maybe you're not asking the right questions or you're going completely off track that it's just going to waste everybody's time then i need to slide that scale down to be 50 50 so that npc might be a little bit more conversational like i would be or a little bit more like lampshade hanging like you are going the wrong way <laughs> But overall, I feel like I do a good enough job of, of separating the two when I, when I need to. Another interesting question he asked is, what's more important to me, rules as written or fun? And again, that's another loaded question than perhaps Matt realises. And I don't think it will take offence at me saying that. Because they're not, you know, the way that question's posed, it's implying that they are opposing forces. You know, it's either that one or that one. Which, which, which one's more important to you? one of those has to be second fiddle to the other one and to me that is not the case they are one and the same in my opinion the the rules are there to facilitate a balanced and engaging game that is therefore fun because if it's not balanced people aren't having fun because no one likes an imbalanced game if it's not engaging then well they they won't stay for long because it's not fun so the rules are to me critical in maintaining that balance maintaining that engagement because overall, over the course of the campaign, it will be more fun. Now, a single instance of me being like, well, actually, you can't do that because 
rules as written says you only do this might sound on the face of it crap and, and not fun but the npcs and the creatures also abide to those same rules so i can guarantee you that if i'd let that slide to that player at that point 10 sessions later when the lich does it and can do two actions in a turn just because just because then that won't be fun for the players they'll go oh well why can he do that and they go oh because matt did it once 10 sessions ago and then suddenly ugh, it, nothing means anything and it's not fun anymore so they are equally important rules and fun because they are the same thing to me matt Dittizzi asked me who my favorite character and what my favorite character line is in my campaign so i won't pick player characters because again they are it's like picking your <laughs> your favorite child and likewise with players for that matter my, my favorite character that npc that springs to mind recently is a kind of like the, the leader of a mercenary group called praxis constantine a delightfully pretentious and arrogant name for a delightfully pretentious and arrogant character who is this suit and shirt and waistcoat and pocket watch wearing slicked back brill cream hair owning champagne swilling globe drinks cabinet owning gangster dude who's like hey it's just business it's just business now come on i'm gonna schmuck you gotta do this work for me i loved playing him mainly because it allowed me to be like obnoxious and arrogant but (laughs) it was just very easy to role play i think because he was this every man who is charming but like saccharinely so so probably dial me up to like 11 and you'd probably have praxis constantine which is why i particularly like him so from a a fun to role play perspective it would be this this character who's basically said can they betray the other kind of criminal kingpin they're working for for him and he'll offer them a job in in his organization of racketeering and blackmail and money laundering and all that kind of stuff uh so yes in, interesting and fun i think it, well, his, his favorite line was hey, it's nothing personal it's just business it's just business when they were like wow we shouldn't we shouldn't believe you you're evil and you tried to kill us before and he's like well, nah, it's just business baby it's just money money talks and they paid me to attack you and you know that that kind of stuff was again did, did a really good job there of being like just because people are trying to kill you you're like sometimes you are not special sometimes you are characters in somebody else's story yes you're the heroes of this campaign yes obviously you're the most important people because you're the players but sometimes you're part of somebody else's story and other things are happening and this guy actually doesn't doesn't want to kill you but somebody else paid him to do so so that and that's it that's the end like that's it maybe they'll find out who paid but not now (laughs) and i think another character i i particularly liked is cob who is this elf cowboy southern fixer but like a neutral good or chaotic good fixer who is just like well howdy y'all well, perhaps we can take you through the town and I'll see what kind of contacts I can muscle up to get you through the city. Uh, you know, he's wearing like tri-brimmed hat, uh, long leather duster jacket. And it's just this kind of like morally somewhat ambiguous 
ostensibly good, but obviously has done stuff in the past that maybe he's not too keen of. Just just quite a layered, interesting character that can support the players in a way that makes sense in universe and it isn't just hello i'm your exposition machine and here i am to tell you about x y and z it's it's it works in universe which is why i quite like Cobb, and also because he's competing for one of the players love interests so again that's a, a little guilty pleasure of mine to to play him off of that like that another friend of mine called dean he asked has there been any through lines that I've noticed between each episode in the podcast? And yes, because I edit them all and obviously I listen to them very intently. <laughs> the, you know, human spot patterns. That's what we're good at. And it's very easy for me to spot patterns. You know, one thing that's immediately obvious is my poor enunciation. Well, or actually, to put it more accurately, how much my enunciation varies rapidly and wildly from the word enunciation uh, and then stuff like water and deity and that is grating a little bit but uh, it's, it's who I am so but in terms of theme or topic it, although it pains me to say I think critical role is uh, as, as Nathan and I discussed in the macro episode is ubiquitous right it's it's everywhere it's pervasive everybody knows about it i don't watch it i know of it i I watched maybe 20 episodes of season one but that was about six years ago at this point but the the, there's always a way to pull it back to that and if i'm being completely honest it's it's sometimes a bit frustrating because despite everybody saying you know we shouldn't hold ourselves up to that standard yet everybody still brings it isn't as a comparison myself included it's 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 just a bit of a tricky one you know sometimes to talk talk around it i suppose in a way other than that no the only other through line is basically the wholesome community like every one of my guests even if we've disagreed beforehand uh i think uh rules with andrew aka nominrath like that episode kicked off because we were at it we were we were in strong disagreement and discussion before we started recording which could as we all know on the internet could have gone one way very quickly but thankfully both both were both mature <laughs> adults and out the other side came a fantastic episode i've actually said this hey we disagree on this let's talk about it on the podcast he's like yeah it sounds fantastic i'd love to so even in situations like that where we don't always see eye to eye it's still been a very wholesome and engaging experience all the way from people who i've known for years in my personal life like simon and jamie who i've known gosh uh for more than 20 years at this point all the way to as i said people i'm just meeting randomly in in america and everyone has been supportive and uh, and wholesome and has had productive things to add to the conversation another of my players ian who plays grishnak the bugbear cleric of the death domain has asked a couple of questions so good one is the easiest and the hardest words to cover in this season which ties into what I was saying earlier on about the single word topic per episode is is a, an interesting one. Um, easiest and hardest. Wow. Okay. That's, that's a really that's such a because I'm trying to I'm trying to quantify something which is ostensibly exclusively qualitative. Right. These are just open abstract words that mean absolutely a whole bunch of stuff. 
had to pick a hard one and an easy one is is like obviously some are more obviously tied to D and D and tabletop role playing games. So something like homebrew, for example, you know, there's a lot of meat on the bone there for that one out the gate. Doesn't necessarily make it easier. It just is a bit more guided, I suppose. But then we have something like happiness with Simon, which was just like, wow, what could that be? And, you know, podcasts with Mike, the hipster, again, a, a weirdly meta episode, but like a really interesting one I'm quite happy with because it was so meta of like the podcast sphere. Again, it's really hard to kind of quantify them in a way that says this was an easy one and this was a hard one. I've always managed to get notes down before the session, uh, some more than others, but there's not been one where I've gone, crap, this is going terribly and I can't think about what to write down. Some have required more thought, for sure. So maybe something like uh, space with tabletop journeys would provide a little bit more thought around, is there space in D&D? I don't know. Uh, let me let me hope that I throw this jelly into a wall and it sticks when I record it. And thankfully it did, because the guys are great. And, you know, enhancement with Christian from my sound delve as well was another one that was like, wow, that, there's, there's, oh gosh, this is everything and nothing in one. Let me try and think about how to do it. Conversely, uh, as I said, something like health, episode 25, the one before this one, was quite a good, I, I don't want to use the word easy, but there was, there was a lot there, right? You've got HP, you've got exhaustion, you've got healing, you've got death, you've got TPKs. You could talk for hours about that. So that was more readily available, I suppose. Uh, another question from him was, will there ever be a live stream of the podcast? And streaming is something that I've toyed with, but honestly, I don't have the time and the capacity to, to set up and schedule that having the episodes come out every Friday is as structured as I can get. And I have to be dynamic in my life around that. And that's already been stretched in a couple of instances. So to have another kind of, I have to stream every Wednesday, it's just not going to work. And also, you know, to do with streaming, it, it consistency is king, just like in podcasting and uh, booking recording sessions is, is difficult enough, let alone if I'm, I'm like, I can only record eight to 11 on a Wednesday. That's just not going to work like that, I'm afraid to so. say. And then finally, his last one is player or DM, <laughs> which is, man, again, I'm really torn. Here's the, here's the answer to this one. So conversely to their raw or fun rule, where both of those things were the same, the question as it was posed didn't make sense to me. This one also doesn't make sense to me in that they serve completely different purposes. It's like um, apples and oranges. They serve a different purpose. So if someone were to choose, do you want to play or DM? It depends on what kind of activity I'm looking for. So one isn't inherently better than the other because they are two separate activities. I've always considered playing my night off relative to DMing. I look forward to it a lot more. That isn't to say I don't look forward to DMing, but I look forward to you know, having half an hour off during a session when my character isn't in that scene. That's nice. I can put my feet up. I don't ha always have to be operating at 100%. But conversely, with uh, you know, I've got no control. So the DM side of things scratches that itch that I'm taking these people through a universe that I've set up and it's fun to see their reactions. It's fun to help guide them. It's fun to see their successes and their failures, which I am always directly a part of, whereas as a player, you, you might not be. And it's just two different, two different itches scratched by two different activities. Uh, and so again, they, the question on the face of it doesn't really make sense because they're 
two different things to me. Christian from My Sound Dev also asked, he asked to hear about any bloopers, and there's only really been one big one, which was earlier on when I recorded an episode with Simon. So, Happiness, the official episode of Simon, was actually the second time we recorded. I think I had another topic for him. I think it was roles, actually, originally. And I think we recorded it, and because of problems I was having with my computer at the time that had a propensity to blue screen every so often, it lost the Audacity files. As great as Audacity is, the way it structures its files is kind of brittle, and it was very easy for it to fall over and fail. And it happened, and that was the most angry I've been in my adult life, which probably goes some way to show how lucky I am in my regular life. But yeah, that that was a bad night for me. Not only because I'd lost my time and an episode that I needed was also a big deal because I'd wasted Simon's time and I was just frustrated and and reluctant to be like, hey man, sorry, it's gone. We're going to have to do another episode at some point. And uh, again, I'm lucky that Simon's a great guy and we were just like, yeah, sure, I loved it. So I'll do it again. (laughs) No no worries there, Dan Lowe, don't don't worry about it. But it it was hella frustrating, especially in the early days that could have made it or broken it essentially and I'm, I'm glad I persevered through but it was it was close I was I was very upset <laughs> um a couple of other bloopers though more lightweighted light-hearted bloopers is uh the the acting episode and I mentioned it earlier on so part of my nerves were showing and I, I knew it wasn't with the whole cast because I'd been speaking to Ben and, and he said one of them couldn't make it and yet as soon as we start recording I'm running on adrenaline i'm like ah welcome to today's episode i'm joined by the whole cast of which i was quickly and rightfully corrected and i was like great in the back of my head all i could think of was wow great mistake what a mistake to make her in your first big group episode literally the first sentence you say <laughs> you've screwed up great Woo-hoo, well done um so that was that always makes me smile and then in the archetypes episode with adam uh, my google home decided to oh gosh i hope she's not listening now actually nope still on mute yes my my, my google home piped up and uh joined us in the conversation helping us to define the word uh, and that is a i always say to my guests i learn something every episode and that episode i learned to turn the microphone off on my google home lest i have it interrupt me here <laughs> so but i left it in i said to adam afterwards i was like god i'm editing i don't know whether to leave it in and he said absolutely man it's too funny to leave out so <laughs> so and i have had good feedback from it so i'm i'm glad i did so mike the hipster hibbert asked will there be a season two and sean go games asked what future topics do you want to cover and also ian asked will there be more group episodes in season two so I can answer all of those questions very quickly in that, yes, there will be a season two. I, in fact, have a number of episodes already recorded at the time of this airing. I've been very lucky. In fact, I have nine episodes recorded already. We have law, disaster, tactics, environment, family, planning, dice, friction, and style. And uh, there's a couple more in the calendar as well. So absolutely there's a season two. Here's a couple of topics that are being covered in the first couple of months. 
of season two, which I'm looking forward at so many in fact all of them are just fantastic i'm really looking forward to publishing those i think they're all great and to answer ian's question about group episodes uh, friction was with and this time it's true the entire cast of cosmopunk the homebrew starfinder podcast from from the uk and that was a crazy hilarious episode and um yeah that, that is also one to, to keep a, an ear out for if you enjoy the group episodes Okay, and now on to the winner of the listener competition. I won't leave you hanging. The winner is Cadence Chantus, aka Cad Abaddon on Twitter. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. I will be in touch shortly to discuss your little care package from Gainty, featuring a pin badge, a character or DM journal, and a scented candle. And although this is in no way endorsed, I actually have... 12 of them myself of the candles so i can vouch for how cool they are otherwise that actually brings us to the end of the episode so i hope you've all enjoyed this episode a little wash up a little wrap up more importantly i hope everyone's enjoyed the entirety of season one it's been a a crazy trip a huge learning experience and i've enjoyed i would say every moment of it but then i lost that episode so almost every moment of it But most importantly, we have so much stuff in season two to look forward to, the topics discussed earlier and many more on the back burner. So keep your ears out. Next week, I will be taking a break. So there won't be an episode next week, which means that episodes will resume on the 30th of April, starting with Law, the first episode of season two. Otherwise, thank you all for listening. And good night.